You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 457, Renting Software. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome to the MyMac Podcast 457, renting software with the G-Men. That's Guy in the good old US of A. Hi, Guy. Hey, Gaz. And yes, me, Gaz. He just said it. I did. Um, we, we had a little conversation earlier, and uh, I think you might have to, again, listen to the end of the podcast to get a little treat and a little giggle, I think, as <laughs> as usual. Yeah, as usual. yeah. Well, I mean, people, if, if you're not listening all the way to the end of the show, you're missing out on some some really really good stuff. <laughs> yeah, because I bet a lot of people like you know, they get to the you know the end bit where we say end or we don't say end <laughs> <laughs> or uh, we used to say then, end or used to say end and then skip. Well, you're missing out, folks. So uh, you'll have to go back through every single podcast to hear that little bit of extra that we've ever done. Yeah, in- including, including ones that we weren't on together. Yeah, <laughs> before we even knew each other. What's been happening in your life, Guy? Come on, tell me. <laughs> uh, well, uh, as we record this, it is the day before Mother's Day. And, of course, this won't come out until after Mother's Day. But I just wanted to wish a happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Hope hubby and or kids got you nice things. Um, But it's not Mother's Day in the UK, so tough. So, so the hell with them. <laughs> uh, I, did, I did get uh, Pixelmator. Get the Hoover out. Which I, which, where's my dinner? Where's my lunch? The bed's not made and the vacuuming needs done. We are in so much trouble. I know. Actually, in this house, in in this house, that's more along the lines of what Tracy says to me. Yeah, pretty much the other way. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm cleaning the U-bend of the toilet, as usual. Yes, thanks, Mrs. G. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Anyway, anyway. Yeah, so I I got uh, Pixelmator, which is up to 2.2. and Uh, um, Blackberry or Blackcorn or what are they calling it? They've got a nickname for it, haven't they? What, for For, Pixelmator? Yeah, for the 2.2. They're calling it something. Oh, raspberry juice. I can't remember now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, Pixelmator version raspberry juice. (laughs) It is something like that. Oh, we are so intelligent. So, so silly. <laughs> it's sometimes we just get so silly. Well, sometimes. Only sometimes. Uh, what I won't be doing is getting any software uh, in the near term uh, from a company that we'll, we'll talk about in the second Blueberry. section of the show. Blueberry. Is that it, really? Blueberry? Blueberry, yes. Mmm. Yes. <laughs> I like mine on, on toast <laughs> as a jam. <laughs> uh, one other thing. And, you know, it, it hasn't gone beyond the um, inside my head, gee, this might be fun kind of thing to do, which, of course, means it could never happen and you'll never hear about it again. But I am thinking about starting a uh, a call-in podcast, and I'm basically what I'm looking for is like an all-computer solution. I don't want to set up uh, a mixer. I don't want to set up another computer to deal with like multiple audio sources. And it seemed, as I was doing some research, it seemed like TalkShoe may be a solution. 
Uh, but I, I got a, um, uh, I think it was over in the G plus G, you know, my Mac G plus page. And somebody was saying that, that Victor Callao, uh, may have had some issues with them. And I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, it, there may be more in the future if it ever gets off the ground. We'll, we'll keep you informed here on this, at least this podcast on, uh, on what's going on with that eventually. We, we will. <laughs> Which means we'll never speak of it again. No. <laughs> What have you got going on, Gaz? Well, very little, actually, in the way of Mac. Um, although I've been getting back into iPhoto because I've got my new camera and i also got a new lens and I'm taking lots of shots of, again, taking lots of experiments, go, going for long walks. Took a shot this morning, actually, oh, at yeah. Peacock. So, uh, and, I'm uh, sorry, a what? Peacock. And, and you're positive it was a male. Yeah, but <laughs> Never he, mind. Was display- no. he was displaying. Uh, 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 uh. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, he was displaying. Okay. All right. Peahens. Peahens. Oh, which is the name for a female peacock. Huh? If that that doesn't make any sense at all. How can how can a, pe- a female peacock? You can't have a female peacock, can you? It, they must be called peas. <laughs> no, I'm going off the computer. Gas, 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 gas. Stop. Anyway, photography. <laughs> photography. You, you yeah, feed, let's stay with photography. A, You'll see an albino peacock displaying his feathers, you know, his tail feathers when he right. scoops them up. And uh, actually, I got a tweet back from Pat Mann, and he said, that's the biggest daffodil I've ever seen. <laughs> so go, go to my Twitter feed and have a look, because it's pretty spectacular. But I actually took that with the iPhone. Um, other things that have been going on last weekend, or just before last weekend, I invited a few friends on Facebook to join me in the fun that is Real Racing 3. <laughs> Boy, I wish I hadn't. Oh, really? How come? <laughs> well, because they keep challenging me. <laughs> oh, and you don't want to challenge. You just want to kick the game's butt. Well, I do. But every time I get a little, you know, I get, I get a little flag in the email box and I have to then go in and, and find where they've they've challenged me for, you know, the nanosecond it takes me to beat them off the track again. <laughs> However, that that has encouraged me to play it a little bit more. And again, I've still not spent any money. I don't know whether EA Games really want to hear that. But anyway, and... Um, and I raised a load of money in the game by winning lots of races, and uh, I've picked up a few new cars. So, uh, yeah, Real Racing 3, Facebook, um, Game Center. If you want to challenge me, please, somebody beat me on a consistent basis. Well, at this can, point can I in ask time, you something about this game? At this point in time, nobody is. <laughs> <laughs> now, how on the iPhone, is it like the... Uh... I'll, like, I've got, are the I've controls got, done by like turning turning the I've, iPhone to the I've left got, and right? I've, I've got a little um, uh, confession to make. I don't play it on the iPhone. I play it on the iPad. Um, yes, basically, you hold the iPad or your iPhone, and you can you you know you you angle the device um, to turn around a corner, go around the oh, corner. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you use your thumb, and I use my thumb and my uh, my thumbs to um, use the accelerator and the brake. I have no assistance on it at all. I, uh, everything I do, I, but I don't change gear. It does that automatically. So you do but, it manually. Uh, well, I don't. And think... then, oh, there is such a joke there, but I'm not okay. No, don't go in there. I'm anyway. not going to go there. Anyway, <laughs> we've got to be pretty sharpish tonight. So, oh yeah, yeah. We my, actually we have less to of my, less of my real racing three antiques antiques. <laughs> Antics. <laughs> Antics. <laughs> what was the word that I messed up last week? I can't remember. Uh, oh, uh, ambiguous. Ambiguous. That was it. <laughs> wow. Ambiguity. Ambiguous. Oh. Ambiguous. 
Shall um, we go over to Yeah, the we should because we, we actually we, we actually have to speed this up because you've you've we got do, things you need to do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's my fault, folks, that it's going to be a short show tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's the, hey, you know what? Uh, we'll, give them, we'll, give them, we'll give them twice their money back. Okay. Hang on a minute. Do you, do you want, yeah. Oh, wait. It's free. So they have, so they have to pay Just us. Just trying to work that out in the calculator. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> do you want to do the first one? I'll do the first one. You do. Uh, it's the Memo Bot, because I actually, I, I've actually, um, reviewed products from this company before at Macworld. Uh, the Mimobot USB flash drive. What are, you, what are you trying to say that you actually know how to pronounce their name? Yes. Mimobot. Mimobot, actually. It's not Mimobot. It's Mimo. See, so you I, I already messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, now that I'm saying that it's Mimobot, somebody will call me and say, no, no, it's Mimobot. It's Mimobot guy. Mimo. Bot. And you can send that complaint to 703-436-9571. Thank you. Zero one. Zero one. Nine five zero one. See? I don't know who nine five. Uh, never mind. Never mind. The Mimobot USB flash drive. Picard. And that is a review by Julie. It's Keel, not cool, you podcasting fool. Now, this is a Captain Picard Mimobot. Boldly goes where no flash drive has gone before. And Julie writes, are you kidding me? A Jean-Luc Picard USB stick? How can you go wrong? And you really can't. The Captain Picard Mimobot 8GB USB 2 flash drive available for this review is a wonderful little flash drive that you can use to store and move data files just like any other USB stick. This is certainly not the cheapest flash drive you can buy, but if you're a Star Trek fan, the bonus items make it worthwhile. Yeah, they always, especially for the stuff that they license, they always throw in like some extra stuff. And But the funny thing about these from, uh, from Mimobot, especially the ones that are based on like, either, you know, people or, or you know, base, what you would expect to, to have the head where the head is, you like pull half their head off and that exposes the, uh, the, the, the USB connector. And I always yeah. feel like every time I did that with any of their products that I was like giving them a lobotomy or something. So, you know, Jean-Luc Picard said he's all right. in age. <laughs> and she gives that a MyMac review rating of nine out of ten. So I wonder if if you've got a Jean Picard, Jean-Luc Picard um, USB Mimo butt stick, every time you put it in the USB uh, receptacle, do you have to say engage? Um, if they ever come out, you know, that would be a cool thing to have happen. If, if, if they ever like integrate Siri into OS 10, just set up like a, a little, a little, uh, Apple script so that it won't show up on your desktop until you say engage. Yeah. <laughs> of course, all that would do is people would be sitting there bringing them back to the store. They bought it from, Hey, it's broken. The damn thing doesn't work. And they say, have you got a Mac? Yes. Oh, oh God. God. Engage. <laughs> just say engage. Okay. Okay, the next article on the website, and there there is more to read from Julie's review. Actually, that's not the whole of the review, so please go over and take yes. it. Yes, um, the next review is take control of your passwords. This is a book book review by Avid. <laughs> mm-hmm. In my many years, 
Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. In my years as an engineer working in the defense industry, I had to regularly deal with many levels of security and comply with a multiple of security requirements. Today, I am prudent and reasonably confident and comfortable with my everyday personal computer security. Recently, I added a password manager application to Drink. my personal computer. Pardon? Drink. Drink. Look, most <laughs> listeners may not know about that, so okay. will you let me finish? Go ahead. Recently, I added a password manager application to my personal computer and mobile devices, but suspected I may not be using this application to its fullest capability. When I was given the opportunity to review Joe Kissel's Take Control of Your Passwords, I jumped at it. This 88-page ebook is filled with details about password security and what everyone needs to know about securely using their personal computers and mobile devices. The use of a password manager application is a main subject covered is the is a main subject is a main subject covered in this ebook. Take control of your passwords, a rare perfect MyMac.com review Keep rating going. Going. of 10 yeah. out of 10. No, that, that wasn't the right. I can't find the stupid sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell is it? Oh my god! I, and as soon as soon as I, I hadn't realized that that was a 10 out of 10, as soon as you said it, it was like, oh, oh, I gotta find it. I gotta find it. Oh, damn it. There is oh. a lot more. Oh, uh, there. <laughs> so go and read the review by David Acklam. Uh, there's a lot more in that review as well. Um, I've taken a, a big piece out of it, but it's, there's much more to read. So, uh, And it might encourage you to uh, buy the Take Control of Your Passwords book. Yep. Uh, next yeah. up is uh, Ethics and Character at 4K. Tech Fan Podcast number 117. Uh, Tim does a solo show and he talks about the ethics of paying for reviews. Um, um, no, 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 no. And the new 4K Super HD televisions on the market today. Um, oh, okay. and it was a good one. I enjoyed it. it. Yeah, yeah. Estoterrorism? Estoterrorism? Tesseract? Esoterrorism. Esoterrorism? Esoterrorism? Tetaract. Sam, we will find you for this. <clears throat> yeah, thanks. It's a mobile <laughs> device station. This is a review by Nam Segri. Uh, oh, it's uh, the device. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a lot more there, folks, but. The, the, the Tesseract <laughs> mobile device station <laughs> consists of two heavy duty aluminium or aluminum. Alu- I can't even <laughs> say that word now. Aluminum. Oh, I'm going home. I've had enough. <laughs> Heavy-duty aluminium. It's ambiguous. With slots that enable this combo product to be used to provide a stand for the MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, and iPad. As computer accessories go, the Tesseract is basically a high-tech museum piece that sits on your desk and lets people know that you have a refined but geekish sense of style. My Mac review rating, 7 out of 10, including an extra bonus point for creativity and originality. And the last... I I just wish I could have, you know... Actually actually. said what the device was. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes... And, and, you know, uh, 
going back for just a second, um, one of the things that Tim was talking about when he was talking about the, the TV sets in Texas. Are, are you going back to a different yeah. article now? Are you jumping back? Yeah, but back? It's, it's related. It's related. Okay. Um, he, was, he was talking about this new Sony TV set. Yep. That uh, has this ridiculous, you know, letters and numbers product name that tells you absolutely nothing about the device and shows that that Sony may be putting a lot of money into their research and development, but very, very little. Into, you know, basically, I think their marketing guy, at the top of his head comes off as, and he's a USB stick because there's just, there's just no other explanation as to why you would name a product like that. Anyway, the the last the last thing we have at the mymac.com website is the now this is much easier to say than the one Gaz had, the Easy Pen Slim Pen Graphics Tablet. And that's a review by Bert Clenchard. Graphics tablets tend to be fairly big, heavy, and expensive, but the new Easy Pen Slim Pen Tablet from Genius is thin, light, and reasonably priced. Wacom tablets or is it Wacom? Wacom, Wacom tablets. Wacom, I say, Wacom. Let's wake call the whole thing off. Wacom tablets <laughs> have held a virtual monopoly in this category for years, with very little real competition. Genius is becoming a challenger in this field, and their new slim pen tablet is a contender. And that gets a my Mac review rating of eight out of ten. Ah, cool. Yeah. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah. It's well, yeah, this is this is a, a show for the ages. Show for the ages. Yeah, this is like gonna be our best show ever. I can already <laughs> tell. Of course the bar is set really low, but <laughs> bar? Yeah. What, what do you mean there is one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, listen to this. Mmm. Now you know I'm not much of a drinker. So tonight, um, yeah. but tonight, um, actually I'm kidding. It's not a beer. It's a Fresca. Mmm, <laughs> okay. Fresca. It's, it's bold and refreshing. A real man's drink. Oh, and that goes directly to listener, uh, Xavier, who I also work with, uh, who always gives me a hard time about drinking Frescas at work. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so we should. <laughs> Somebody has to. Somebody has to. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, feedback. Yeah, Let's get onto it quick before you know the whole thing grinds to a halt. Yeah, too late. Uh, too from late. The, from the we, Google Plus. As soon as we started, it was too late. <laughs> pretty much from the Google Plus community. Uh, Mark Shepard says the My Mac podcast reaffirming my own insanity every week. And uh, a new new guy, Rob Rate, uh, wrote in said the lunatics are running the asylum, and that almost is like a given. And, and then, I, I can't. I changed it around because you'd said this about something else, but I changed it around because this makes more sense to me. Uh, Rob says the lunatics are running the asylum, and, and you then said, "But isn't it nice to know you're in good, if what somewhat crazy company?" <laughs> um, Gary Apter jumped in. Nice, enjoyed the episode I listened to today. You guys should really try and bring some laughter to the podcast. Jeez, yeah, yeah I agree with him. I yeah. just, I, you know, we're I, way too serious. I personally. Uh, Gary, I think that actually there is too much comedy in the world already, and we've got to bring a little bit of seriousness in this world, and that's why that's why we do it. 
Yeah. Uh, we've had some uh, an email. Did you? Uh, this wasn't. I just bung this into the show notes. Uh, I didn't see this yet. I, did, I probably haven't uh, had a chance to read it yet. Okay, so we got some uh, a question from uh, his uh, lordship uh, Nemo, mm-hmm. and he says, "Hi, take a deep breath." I'm a happy, satisfied, we really don't want to know, John, okay? <laughs> Sorry, I'll start that again. I am a happy, satisfied, long-time user of a Roku, original model. <laughs> for Netflix streaming. <laughs> and he probably watches the, the likes of... Oh, such either. a happy song. Or even, I wish I was a spaceman. And if anybody can write in and tell us what those two uh, theme tunes I have no idea where those, ah. either one of those are from. <laughs> well, there's a competition. There's a competition for the, for the future, you see. Anyway, he says um, the Roku 2s have only one feature, Barbie and I want. Um, I didn't know that um, he... he I better not go there, actually. Um, yeah. English language subtitles. So does the new Roku, Roku 3. We don't need the gaming features of Roku 3, uh, but its remote audio feature and USB port feature both are a little appealing. Or could we get an Apple TV? Does it also have the Netflix English language subtitles? I know I could check, but since my experience with the Apple TV is zero to date, there are other questions that will follow that I'll dig into. In addition, HBO Go works with now with the Apple TV, and that is also a little of enticement. Punchline question. Roku versus Apple TV. Why do you insist I get one over the other when all we really want to do is watch English-language Netflix with subtitles? Um, I can't really um, give you any firm advice, Nemo, I'm afraid. If you have a Mac... I would encourage you to get an Apple TV because it enables you to get all of that iTunes content that right. you've got on your Mac. Uh, and that's exactly what I do. Um, as I know, I think we've got the Roku available over here in the UK, but I've certainly never, never seen one. I've never used one. So my experience of the usage of that would be pretty, pretty poor. Uh, Netflix with subtitles? Hmm. No. Don't know. Don't know. Uh, I've never used subtitles because most of the films are. And I'm I'm very insular and I only watch English films or English spoken films. So bad on me, I suppose. Uh, okay. No, I had something. Mind you, some of the films, to be perfectly honest with you, I can't understand what they're saying in English anyway. So. <laughs> Must be the, all those Michael Caine films. So do you do you have a Roku or do you know what the Roku uh, advantages over the Apple TV would be and would you get one over the other or should he just you know fork out and get both of them? Um, well, as, as far as English language subtitles, I, I don't know either. Cause I'm, I'm not a, I, like you, I'm not, I'm not a big foreign film, um, fan. Uh, but as far as the Roku versus the Apple TV, just based on, on playing your own content, it, uh, like you were saying, it depends on what type of video content you have. If your video content has been purchased from iTunes, uh, the Roku will not play it. Yeah. Uh, however, if you have, you know, using Handbrake and a variety of other uh, third-party software choices, have ripped a bunch of uh, DVDs that you have in your collection to store them digitally, then uh, both will work just fine. Now, the, the advantage of, for the Apple TV is because all that stuff is stored in iTunes, it's very easy to get to. 
Uh, and I, but I believe the Roku will also very easily point to a, uh, a folder that will have video content and play it as long as it's compatible uh, with the Roku. So uh, if, if the main thing you want to do is watch English language Netflix with subtitles and that works with the Roku, then, you know, hey, stay with it. S-I-G. Uh, what? <laughs> S-I-G. What is that? It says S-I-G. Oh. Oh, I see. Spectrum is green. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> That's what they do. S-I-G. Come on. Come uh, on. Get with the game. Well, I have to remember, I haven't seen that show since I was like a little kid. I mean, I know about it, but I haven't seen it since I was a little kid. That's and even then, I was probably going, Dad, what does S-I-G mean? Spectrum well, is green. Okay. Yes, I know, but what does S-I-G mean? Here you go. Listen. Spectrum is green. There you go. <laughs> I get it now. Finally. That has been something that has bugged me for almost okay. 50 years. And the answer has been solved. You got it now. I got it now. Oh, he slowed it down. <laughs> and as the ship takes off, this is what you hear. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. Before we end this, before we end this um, segment, uh, can I just say, yeah, uh, John, John, Mr. Nemo, we will get, I'm sure, lots of suggestions from our listeners. So stay tuned because we might have some more answers for you in the next couple of weeks. It might even be answers that uh, make sense. Yeah, because we certainly don't. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. Go on. No problem. Got some tech news of the weird. and uh, oh, Not that old um, yeah, again. I just, I, just, I just thought this was weird. Um, Google basically objects to search. <laughs> In what seems like a never-ending saga, one of the patent infringement lawsuits Apple has against Samsung has taken kind of an odd twist. Google requested, I'm sorry, Apple requested that Google reveal its search methodology for collecting Android documentation for the iPhone maker's upcoming patent infringement trial against Samsung. And Google has claimed that the request represents an undue burden on the company. The judge disagreeing says he finds it ironic that Google, who pioneered search for the Internet, is arguing that it would be unduly burdened by producing a list of how it searched its own files. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, you know, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes lawyers and lawsuits are just a, a treasure trove of comedy. Gaz, get us out of here. Uh, everybody, stand by to stand by. And we'll be right back. Yep. guy have you heard about not another mac podcast oh not another mac podcast yeah so you've heard of it then heard of what not another mac podcast Gaz, you keep repeating yourself i'm just telling you the name of the show no you don't you keep telling me about not another mac podcast yep that's the one what's the one not another mac podcast Gaz, you nitwit brit have have you been drinking no you big yank tank Listen. Not Another Mac Podcast is a roundtable discussion with Mac users and experts from all over the world. Hey, Gaz, we've been on that podcast. Are we experts now? Oh, brother. You can find us in iTunes by searching for Not Another Mac Podcast or get it through the My Mac Potpourri 
podcast feed. The one hour show that takes 24 hours to record. The G Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Increasing, but it's still below the levels that we see in winter. And welcome, everyone, back to the MyMac.com podcast for the second segment. I have no idea why I started this segment that way, but sometimes you just run out of things to say. Anyway, that has nothing to do with what it is I'm about to ask. Um, I've got kind of this weird problem. <laughs> Boy, is that a loaded question or what? <laughs> uh, we A weird Mac app and iTunes app store problem there. Okay. Good. With, well, with, well, yeah, I better, I figured I'd better specify that, you know, narrow that well, topic down a little. Well saved. Yeah. Uh, with, to unleash a force with <laughs> terrible powers beyond the comprehension of man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and this has to do with issues with updating apps. It's kind of the same problem, uh, but different solutions were required. And actually, one of them isn't really solved yet. Uh, both were showing me on, in both the uh, the Mac App Store and the iTunes App Store that updates were needed. Mm-hmm. But whenever I would update the apps or look for the apps that needed to be updating, the number didn't change no matter how many times I did. Now, for the for the Mac App Store problem, there were two app updates that would download and apparently install, but then they would both pop right back up again as if they had never been updated. So I, I did a search online, and I came up with a solution for the problem of the Mac App Store was actually kind of easy, and I had to trash two plist files and then reboot the computer. Uh, the two yeah. files were in the main library and were com.apple.storeagent.plist and com.apple.storeagent.plist.lock file. And after a Mac restart, uh, the Mac App Store uh, worked as it should. Now, I, I should say that anytime you are messing around in your Mac's library folders, you need to be very, very, very careful because one wrong move could have just completely disastrous results. When you move those P lists to the trash or actually better yet, create a new folder and call it, you know, P lists pending or, or whatever it is you want to call it, put them in that folder and do not delete them in case you have a problem. Cause that way you can always just move them back into your library. <sighs> now for the iTunes one, uh, I thought I had an answer and I figured that if this was the answer that it was kind of a brutal one. Um, apparently over the course of the years that I've had an Apple ID, I had somehow inadvertently created a new one back in 2009 and had most of my current app purchases through the the new one that I created. So after a bit of Googling, uh, I thought that the problem was that there were at least, you know, it kept basically kept showing the number four under, under the, uh, you know, in the sidebar where it says apps, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. And I couldn't get it to go away. And every time I would click on that and say update, it would come back and say no apps needed to be updated. So I, f- I figured with all of this that it's probably apps that I had purchased under my original Apple ID. Yes. But none of those apps are ones that I still use. So I figured, okay, well, I'll just delete all those apps and that should take care of it. And at first I thought it had. 
and but then I found out that it didn't. So it's still showing me that there are four apps that I need to update, and it doesn't matter what I do, that number will not change. And I'm sure it is related to apps on a different account, but I don't know what to do with it at this point. Most odd. I've had a similar sort of problem because I've I've gotten a, uh, another account which I use for the US store. Right. And um, I sometimes have apps which won't update um, because obviously I've got to go into to that account. But I've never had the problem where it's not actually then updated it when I've swapped to that account, gone through the process of updating and then swapping back to my standard uh, account. Um, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. And I mean, I actually deleted the apps, mm. thinking that that would take care of it. And but because it didn't, I ended up, you know, going to my. Oh, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if because they were still in my my cloud account, right? So I wonder if it was looking not only at the iTunes library that I had on my computer, but the iTunes library that I awesome. had in iCloud, and it was saying, yeah. "Well, you still yeah. have those four apps that need to be updated." The problem is. I don't know the the password for for that account anymore. So I, I actually went to Apple and uh, put in the, the the email account for that password. Yeah. I never heard anything back from them. So I'm thinking, you know, somehow or another, that email account was not the original email account that I used to create that other account. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do now. Hmm. Tough one. Yeah. So if anybody has any ideas, you know, yeah, please let don't. me know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've Googled the, the crap out of it and I can't find an answer. <sighs> yeah. Well, good luck with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was but, just one, I, I was just wondering whether you could perhaps, um, I had something come to mind about deleting the apps off your system. Um, and then, Oh, I was, I was, there was a way that I was thinking you could perhaps get them deleted out of the cloud as well. But yeah, because I don't use any. Oh, anymore. what I was going to say was, um, do you sync to the cloud? Yes, I do. Well, why don't you stop syncing to the cloud? Sync to your local machine. Go through oh. the process of getting rid of it, and then start syncing to the cloud again, and see if that takes care of it. Yeah, see if that takes care of it. That's a good idea. I will try that. That's the only thing that comes to my mind straight away. Anyway, yeah. Um, what's this that you've got in here about uh, Adobe killing its creative suite? Yeah, yeah. I and this, you know, when I read this last week, I was I was astounded. Um, Adobe is basically killing the boxed copies of all of all of their uh, creative suite applications, and they're, they're right. re uh, badging it as. Creative Cloud. So you went from uh, Creative Suite CS to Creative Cloud CC. And the, the problem with this is you're, you're not really buying the software. You're, you're renting it because if you don't well, pay that I, monthly I, fee. I, I, I would say that the, the, the companies will be thinking, I think a lot of companies have already thought this way in the past. You're actually buying the license to use it, aren't you? That's what they're thinking. That's their thought yeah. process, I think. But the, the difference is uh, you buy a license for, say, and this is another example, Microsoft Office for uh, uh, 2011 for the Mac, and you put that on your computer, 
and you're using it. And then 2013 comes along and they have a new version of Microsoft Office. But the version you have is working fine. And you see no reason to, at this time, go and buy that new version. So you're Correct. not spending the money to buy yeah. that new version of Microsoft Office, to buy that, yeah. actually, to buy that license for yeah. Microsoft Office. Uh, let, let's say that. Which actually is something I'm thinking about doing for uh, Mrs. G, actually, with uh, the Office 365. Um, but obviously, they will get more money out of me longer term if right. I stick with that. Uh, over late, let's say two or three years, probably three or four years, to be honest with you. And Adobe are probably thinking the same thing. Uh, and also, it gives gives them a a consistent rolling in of money each yes. month as well, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Instead of like a big chunk <clears throat> when you know they have a new CS suite come out. Yeah. And but but that kind of comes down to the to the crux of it. Uh, you've bought, let's say, CS five, <clears throat> yep. Adobe Suite CS five, and it costs you. $2,100 just for the sake of argument. And then CS6 comes out, but you don't really see anything there that you want. So you decide, well, I'll just wait until CS7 comes out and I'll see if there's anything there. And, you know, maybe there wouldn't be anything there either. But you're not out anything beyond that original $2,100 that you spent for CS6, or sorry, CS5. In this case, you know, you're spending, and if you're a, a an individual, because I've got the page up here that that has the uh, the pricing on it. Uh, if you're if you're a an individual and you're just getting into uh, Adobe products, or you have a copy of the Creative Suite that is um, before CS3, you have to spend fifty dollars a month to get access. To those applications that Adobe has. Now, on the plus side, it doesn't give you just those applications that you've been using before. It's basically their entire master suite for $50 a month. And that's like, you know, I think it's it's $2,500, $2,600 worth of software. So each year, you're spending $600 a month for $2,600 a year. Yeah, sorry, $600 a year for $2,600 worth of software. You know, whether you actually need those other yeah, well, programs yeah, but or that's, not is yeah, a different well, thing. Well, yeah, but that's the same if you buy the full suite anyway, isn't it, um, Guy? Yes. You know, if you bought the full suite and you didn't need it, you've actually spent a lot more money. Now, let, let me put this uh, to uh, you. Uh, let, before before you, we get off that point, remember that they had different versions of the creative suite. You could buy the web version or you could buy the video version or you could buy Well, you can you can buy single apps here. The the, right. the problem is how much did did the full suite actually cost? Let's let's go for the full suite. Do we know how much the full suite actually cost? It was like $2600. Right. Okay. So it's $50 uh, a month, which is $600 uh, a year. Mm -hmm. If you times that, let's let's say they brought out a new version every 18 months. Okay. Yeah. For argument's sake. All right. So that's that's you start at, at day one, and it's a brand new version, and by year three you could be on a second version. So you may not have jumped to the next version they came out. So let's say you're on version one, and they you know eighteen months later they bring out a version two, and you think there's not enough there for me. I'm not going to upgrade. 
Um, so I'm not going to spend another $2,600 uh, in, uh, you know, 18 months. Uh, and let's say in another 18 months, they upgrade again to version three. So you now think, oh, well, it's worth going to version three because it's so much more efficient. There are a few things in there that will make me want to move for whatever reason. Right. So then that's $2,600 again on the third year. So that's 36 months. Yeah. Right. That's if you buy it all. If you buy it all. Yeah. We're doing, we're doing the top end. So okay. you would have spent, so you spent 2,600 when you first started off. Three years later, you spend another 2,600. By that time, over three years, you would have only spent eighteen hundred dollars. No, that's true. That's true. So actually, and and you'd have to go for another year. So that's be four years before you actually get to the twenty six hundred dollars. Right. So at the top end, at the top end, it completely makes sense. I think. It ties you into it, but it completely makes sense. Now, the single app, they do actually have a, a single app application, which is $20 a month. Yes. And I don't know how much the single apps were available uh, previously, but that sounds... Well, Photoshop well, Photoshop was like between six and $700. Well, then obviously that's going to be uh, just a little bit more expensive to do, isn't it? You know, over, you know, that's going to be about, that's $720 over three years. So again, it's probably worth it, to be honest with you. Actually, I think Adobe have pulled this out of the hat. Um, I, I don't think that this is actually a bad deal. And if you're finding that you're not using it. Let's say, oh, I must have Adobe. Now people have actually got a chance to give it a go, haven't they? They don't have to spend $2,600 to, try to, it find, out. to find out that they, it's no use. They can do it for one month, and then they think, well, I'm not paying it anymore. So they've only spent $50. Or perhaps they find in that custom suite that there's only one app that they really need. So they might, they might use it for six months. So it costs them six months, uh, six times 50, whatever that is. Um, my maths is, my maths is pretty awful. $300, yeah, of course it is. Um, and then they may say, I only use two apps. I'm going to jump down or I'm just going to jump down to one app. So actually, I'm, I'm going to give Adobe a bit of kudos here. I, I don't think that this is a problem. Now, my question would be, uh, is can you use it when you're not online? You know, yes, does it, yes, you does can. It, Right. Well, that's good. Well, it's also it's also got a bit of um, cloud storage, although I think it's pretty piffling considering the sort of application yeah. this is and the size of the apps that you're going to be and the size of the files that you're going to be doing. They give you 20 gig of cloud storage, which really I don't think is, is really that useful, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, well, certainly but, not for something like Premiere. Well, no, because you're going to be creating films and, and large uh, files, I think, in this particular suite. But, you know, it's there. It's a little bit extra. So um, I, I'm I'm finding I'm, my, I'm, I'm actually giving this a bit of a, a, a thumbs up. And I'm finding the same sort of pricing is encouraging me with my, the Microsoft Office suite as well. Not for me because I don't really need it, but for Mrs. G who has to really um, fortunately – use the Microsoft Office applications because it's just too difficult to faff about with um, trying to save in a different version and then going to school and opening it up in, uh, you know, uh, a different version again there right. and having formatting issues. Right. That You know, I could go with the experience, you know, for her. She's actually using um, Dropbox at the moment. And if I went with the the Microsoft Office, they give her 20 gigabytes straight away. So it was part of the package because I'm actually thinking she needs more uh, space 
uh, so that she's got access. And that money that I spend on Dropbox might as well go towards uh, buying the office suite. I can put it on five machines. You can put it on a mix of types of machines. So she can put it on a Windows machine and on several Macs. Mm. So actually, I, I'm quite liking this this methodology. Well, if you can put it on, you know, I guess where it's, it starts to get complicated is not so much if you have, <clears throat> sorry, pardon me, not so much if you have uh, multiple computers, so that can be a, an issue as well, but how many people you have on your teams. Um, now, one of the reasons why I think they've decided to go this way is that uh, the Creative Cloud sorry, creative suite programs are probably one of the most heavily pirated uh, suites of software that yep. there are out there. And part of that reason is because of the cost of it. And okay. Okay, let me just make a statement. Yeah, go ahead. If, if, if that is the case, and if we have genuine companies, because I think that's where you were going with that, that, are, that can't afford 2600 for each... Um, seat, um, and they actually now will have to spend uh, this amount per suite, you know, as they should legitimately. Right. This could actually be a bad thing for Adobe because what those companies may do is, one, either buy individual applications that they are looking for and so try and spend the least amount that they can, or, two, look elsewhere, and that could be dangerous. Yeah. So the the pricing plans has to be good for those companies as well because they could be spiting their own face if they're not careful. But for an individual, I think this is a fantastic plan. For a company who may have been, um, let me put it this way, uh, bending the rules slightly. Being, being creative in their being acquisition creative, of software. Yes. <laughs> in their, yeah, absolutely. Their usage of software. Uh, and if they genuinely can't afford it, well, one, they, they should be, they shouldn't be in business because you, you know, cost of doing business is a key proponent to doing business. But that's, right. that aside, those companies, if they have to use this and they can't afford to use it in their current methodology, they'll look elsewhere for different types of software to do the job. If there is other software out there that can do the job. Um, I, I'm kind of, I kind of think the opposite way. I think that this is probably a better deal for companies because it allows them to plan out their budgets accordingly instead of saying, okay, well, we know that eventually sometime next year, uh, Adobe is going to come out with a new creative suite and we're going to have to budget possibly. And, you know, especially when you get in that and you know what I'm talking about, the September, October timeframe. Yeah. Yeah. Let's and, say, let, let's say a company's got 20 seats that they're going to have to pay for. Right. And you don't know if Adobe comes out with it in September, fine. You can budget it for that fiscal year. They come out with it in October. Okay. Well now you have to kind of think ahead and plan for it for the next fiscal well, year. Well, I'm going to throw that one into cocked hat because, um, in Australia, their financial year ends in June. In the UK, the financial year ends in April. Some other countries, I'm sure, the financial year ends at the end of the year. So, um, you know, that's 
what you're saying is correct for the US or, you know, areas where the financial um, year starts at that particular month. So, oh, oh I, I just meant like for what, what, whatever the end of the fiscal year is. is yeah, but it doesn't say. matter, does it? Because there is always going to be somewhere in the year right. where a country who may be a big buyer of your software has that issue. So I, I, I don't think that's the, the problem. But I agree with you, for companies, this actually makes it a lot easier for them to budget because they right. know exactly what they're spending each month. So we're both agreed, actually. This is Well, on, on the company side. Now, on the individual side, um, I don't think that it's as good of a deal. Now, yes, over the course of years, you may spend less money. But if you're an individual and you're doing the kind of work that requires this software – a lot of times it can be feast or famine as far as, you know, the work coming in. So if at a time when um, Adobe's getting ready to come out with a new version, you may have just had a bunch of clients suddenly pay up and, oh, okay, great. Now I can get it. Uh, if, if you don't, you'll just sit there and say, oh, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just stick with, with what I have until things get better. Uh, but if you're having to budget yourself to this amount of money each month when times are tough, then yeah, that, you know, that might not work out so well for you. You know, if you've okay. already got guy, CS4 guy, or CS5. I, guy, guy, can I say? Sure. If, if, if you're in a business and you can't afford a part of that business, even if it's a single guy's business, $50 for your tool, your tool, what are you doing? Well, it's I, it's it's well, it's but it's fifty dollars a month, is what I, I, it is. Yeah, yeah. But my point is, if you can't afford fifty dollars out of one month for the tool of your job, you're in trouble, man. Could be, could be. <laughs> um. Now, if you're, I, I if think, you're I a, think, I think it's, I think it, it's a good plan if that's the software that you require. Um, and, and if it doesn't go up in, in too, you know, too much in price. Absolutely. But you've got that same, you've got that same problem with them releasing software and putting the price up anyway. That could still happen with the individual, you know, software. Well, sure. But if you're buying it individually, though, it's up to you whether or not. You want to spend the money because you may are the software you have may be just fine. Uh, and I'm assuming that the current software out there will still work. Of course, it will. Sure. So people, I think people have uh, you know enough time to be able to work out whether this is going to be good for them or not. Yeah, I, and, I and actually, if you're a student, if you're a student, um, it's a great deal because uh, created the Creative Cloud Student and Teacher Edition is twenty dollars a month. And uh, according to this, let's see, reduced price through June 25th, it'll go up to $30 a month. Okay, that's still only $30 a month or $360 a year for the entire, as far as I can tell here, the entire uh, creative suite of, uh, or creative cloud suite of programs for Adobe for students and teachers. Now that is, I mean, that's the price, at, at that price, it would make absolutely no sense to to go back to a box copy. Now, I don't use any of this software, but from what I've understand of the pricing in the past, right? Personally, I've got to say, I think Adobe have seen the light. Uh, I I think. Well, I mean, let's face it; they're not doing this 
no company does anything to benefit uh, their users as much as they do things to benefit the company. I mean, we yes, can, but, we but can if, sit there and say, yes, you know, Apple puts out great products and we might want to think that they love us, but at the end of the day, they're still a big company and I they're going agree, to do what's best for Apple. But I'm just going to make the point here. Apple makes a product that we want and we want to buy. Yes. And Adobe have a product that people want but don't want to buy because it's far too expensive. I would liken it to us wanting a Mac, but that iMac that is currently $1,200 or £1,200, whichever it is, the current pricing on a, if you took the Adobe process would be more like $2,400 or even $3,000, making it absolutely ridiculously expensive. And I think that's where Adobe were. And they've now brought it down to a realistic price that people can afford and will afford, meaning that going forward longer term, people aren't going to be pirating the software, which means they have more money coming into the bank account, enabling them to continue to create a great product. Because let's be honest, when you talk about this suite of products, most people know. I mean, Photoshop has become a verb, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. So you know they're they're up there with creating great products. As <laughs> as is Apple. It's not like they're saying, "Hey, uh, excuse me, I have to go pixel mate this uh, this picture here." <laughs> no, people will say, "I'm going to Photoshop this product." That's been shot, use, man. Using Pixelmator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, but that's that's where Adobe has to be very careful, on it, and it's probably why they've priced this the way that they have. Yeah. Um. Yep. Not so much for companies because companies will will slurp it up, you know, no matter what. Uh, but for individuals, if they had priced it too high, then yeah, you'd see a lot of people starting to go to things like Pixelmator or Acorn or you know some of the other. Uh, photo manipulation programs that work in a similar way and will open Photoshop files. So I'm going to start renting my Apple hardware so I can update yeah. that periodically. Yeah, forty dollars a month, and uh, your your hardware magically becomes faster whenever they release a new model. <laughs> Take us out, guy. Oh, everybody, please uh, stand by to stand by, and this rental podcast will be right back. <laughs> I like it. Ever think about becoming a podcaster? Thinking, wow, you know, that's probably way too hard. Well, we have a solution. The Stoplight Network is looking for brand new shows to join the network. Won't cost you a dime. In fact, you might actually make some money off of it. So if you've always wanted to podcast... And it seemed way too daunting. Drop me a line. My name is Tim Robertson. I am the host of Tech Fan. I started the MyMac podcasting at the dawn of podcasting, and I can help you get your podcast up and running. Simply send an email to Tim. That's T I M at MyMac M Y M A C dot com. Tim at MyMac dot com. Let's get your show ready for prime time. Forced air induction. <laughs>
the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. On a thousand other days. Hi everyone and welcome to the third section of the MyMac.com podcast. This is the one where renting software has been really important to the middle section. I don't know where I was going with that. That's just rubbish. Anyway, <laughs> hi everyone. Hi. How are you? <laughs> We're back. This is weird. The, the problem is we're rushing, and and yeah. in rushing, it's not good. It's 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 upset my Apple cart. That's what it's done. Uh, well, there's only one place we can go to from there. Hit it. Gases tips. Mostly. Gases tips. Mostly. Gases tips. It's time for Gases tip. I still boogie out to that. You know? I do. I do too. I said my head starts shaking. Yeah, it is. It's it's with the headphones on. Yeah, just, that was that was Nick Hall that did that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, Nick, you, you're brilliant. Do, do, do. Um, do you have lots of contacts in your address book that have oh, websites? God. Do you want to access those websites from an address book from within Safari? Well, whilst in Safari, go to Preferences, click on the Bookmarks tab, and click on the checkbox, which says Include Address Book. And then, when you go back to Safari, you'll see a little Address Book drop-down um, in your toolbar. And it'll have all of the names of the people with websites, and you can access this, those websites directly from the toolbar in Safari. I'm nodding my head. Oh, sorry. Hit it. That's the end of Gaz's Tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's Tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's Tips. Okay, is that the, uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? You finish? <laughs> sorry about that. I was, I you suddenly doing realized. It, you? No, no, no. Actually, I wasn't. I suddenly realized I hadn't checked for uh, new iTunes comments. And I've got good news, but we'll get to that later. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that tip actually is quite a neat one, actually. I quite like it. You know, if you've got... Anyway, people go, try it, see if it's useful to you. It's a good tip. Uh, I'll, I'll start off Even with... Even if the- I do say so myself, <laughs> <laughs> I just realized what I was doing there. It's a great tip. I love that tip. I love it. God, I wish I'd been listening when I wasn't God, supposed Jasmine, to be doing something else. You're so good at tips, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I just really the tip. Need a slap. Just the tip. I just uh, need a slap. <laughs> Oh, uh, ba 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 ba. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Julie slapped. Julie slapped. Uh, uh, I have an app pick this week, guys. Did you know Woo-hoo. that? Woo-hoo. Well, I guess you did know that. Woo-hoo. You're looking at the same show notes that I am. And uh, now I have I have talked about you know uh, so many times talking about um, doing things in iOS that we all used to use our laptops for. And one of the things, or actually two of the things that are very hard to do in uh, iOS is audio and video. Well, the app pick that I have picked this week makes the video part of it a little bit easier. Uh, it's called Cute Cut Pro, and it's by Ubo. It's $5.99 at the iTunes App Store. And what this is, is a, and I haven't given it, you know, the the, the full uh work through yet but i really really kind of like it so far it's a multi-track video editor for ios and there's only one other that i know of and that was uh first video i can't remember the name of the company that made it but it had a horrible ui 
I could never get it to work right. But this one uh, works. It's relatively easy to get things in and out. Now, it doesn't have all the niceties as far as text goes and a few other uh, features that uh, Pinnacle's app and uh, Apple's iMovie app have. But if you need to edit um, multiple tracks of video and you want to do it from an iOS device, this is the app to do it. And the best part is if you want to try it out first, there is like a light version of it that's free for you to try. But the full version of it, Cute, Cat, Cute Cut Pro by Ubo is $5.99 at the iTunes App Store. Give it a try. Definitely. I did, that sounds good. Yeah. You, you, you enjoy um, messing about with video on your Yeah, device, I do. It, it's, it's like it's a sickness. Mm. It yeah. really is. It's it like, is. okay, I have not hurt myself yet enough today. Hey, I think I'll go edit video on my iPad. Yeah, and we're, I mean, we're certainly sick people. Um, right. Um, I've had this app, particular application for some considerable time. It is now available at a very cheap price, I think of around $6.99, £7, something like that, in the Mac App Store. Uh, it was a damn sight more expensive when I bought it um, outside of the Mac App Store. So it's amazing what, um, you know, getting lots of sales of machine of uh, units through the Mac App Store can do for a company's um, turnover. But... Yeah. That aside, that's good for you and me, folks, because it's much cheaper. Um, HDR Artist Pro. This is from uh, ohanaware.com, or you just go do a search for HDR Artist Pro in the Mac App Store. Now, photos, taking photos. A lot of people talk about HDR, which is basically where you can blend a photo, three photos together, where you take um, a high dynamic range, a mid-dynamic range, and a low dynamic range, i.e. a really overexposed, mid-exposed, and uh, did I say overexposed? And underexposed yeah, yeah, photos. And, underexposed. Uh, and then underexposed, all three of the, or the, and then those three exposures over, under, and the mid the mid-tone one, you put them all together in this particular app, it blends those together to give you the best of all those three put together. Because one of the things that cameras are not very good at is seeing the range of light that our eyes can. Um, the sensors on them, just they're just not... Um, they're not nature's best. We can't uh, uh, match what nature has given us with our eyes. Uh, well, not in the, a camera anyway. In it, well, not in the camera, no. So uh, this puts them all together and you can get some great effects. Some people call it cheating. Um, some people basically say it gives you what you wanted to capture in the first place. Right. So go over. There, I think actually that there is a trial version on the website, I think. I'm not 100% certain of that, but I, I think there might be a version that you can trial. Um, but if not, it's 6.99. It is quite a good uh, application. It, it's got lots of good ratings. Um, give it a shot. I, I, I quite like it. Or there's plenty of others out there if you want to go and have a look to uh, see if another one takes your fancy, tickles your, your fancy. As they it tickles your say. toenails. Yeah, something no, like that. Somebody so might H say that. HDR Artist Pro. You um, will be assimilated. Yeah. You will. <laughs> Best to take those pictures on a, a tripod, by the way. If you're going oh, to yeah. take a multi-exposure uh, 
image, then you're probably best not to take a, a picture of an image which is fast moving and also uh, have it on a tripod so that you, you know, although HDR Artist Pro does actually align them. So if you are hand holding a camera, it will make some uh, uh, adjustments to the alignment if uh, if needs be. But uh, that takes a bit more processing power, of course. Right. So, well, you know what I like yeah. to do? Go on. I like to, to set my, my iPhone to HDR mode. Yep. Let it take the first picture and then turn 180 degrees and take the second picture and then wait for the camera to figure out what to do with it. Because <laughs> I'm a cruel, I'm a cruel man on my phone. I really am. Oh, dear. Uh, we have a people's pick. I wonder why I taught you up the time. Because <laughs> I'm funny. Oh, I, a software yeah, update. A new version of Java is available. Remind me later. Okay. Not now. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> the people's pick is from Troy Mueller, and he says he was looking for a quick way to tile my windows like I used to in Windows, he says with a hushed voice. I found, uh, what is this, spectac- sp- spectacularly, no, spectac- spectacle, spectacle? Spe- spectacle app. Spectacle app. Okay, simple to run, obviously not as easy to say, gives you some keyboard shortcuts, to quickly move and tile windows, and it's free. It did exactly what he needed it to do, and that's at uh, S-P-E-C-T-A-C-L-E-A-P-P dot com, because I can't say that word. <laughs> and also, um, uh, Kirshen, uh, Kirshen, uh, say, Kirshen, say um, mentioned Moon, Moom from Many Tricks. Um, saying that does a similar job. So there's a mention for that one as well. So two people's pick in one week. Whoa! Holy cow, which means we won't have one for another six months. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Now, uh, as I was saying earlier, uh, talking about iTunes, I went into CommentCast, and the reason why I did that is I had forgotten that we had received um, an iTunes review and now I have to. Oh, darn it! I can't find it now. Oh, guy. Well, no. I mean, I've got the I've I've got the iTunes review here. It's from Doctor Dream, and nice. I I can't remember what Doctor Dream's real name is. And shame on me because yeah, I had that. like a Twitter conversation with him. And ah, uh, darn it! Anyway, just read it out, Doctor Dream. Well, mind. I can't. It- I can't read it out. Because he did it in Morse code. <laughs> We've got an iTunes. This, this is the same guy. Do you remember? Uh, we got we got a um, an iTunes review in the U.S. iTunes store that was in German. Uh, yeah, that yeah. that's the same guy. And I I sent him a tweet and and please please forgive me. Um, Whatever your name is, whatever your name is, and <laughs> I'm I'm still I'm still looking. Don't look too long, guy. Because remember, I'm, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm okay, okay. Um, I asked him. I I sent him uh, an email. Oh, it was an email. I sent him an email saying Morse code, really, and he said he was going to have to come up with something new because he he thought that that would throw me, <laughs> and it just didn't. It just really? didn't. Okay, so. What does the Morse code read? I have no idea. <laughs> but if you go to the US iTunes store, look up mymac.com podcast, 
Brilliant. One of the latest reviews is going to be from Dr. Dream, and it's in Morse code. I swear, <laughs> that is just so great. Um, but that wasn't the only, you know, when I went into Comencast to pull that up, there's another review Ooh. from the UK. Wow. Oh, oh. And I, like, I don't have either one of these in the show notes. Uh, it says, didn't know there was a G in Looney by Info, Info Hungry, not so newbie from the United Kingdom. And he writes, uh, do you want hard hitting, up to date, cutting edge, Mac related information? Don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you want an entertaining, painfully funny delivery of a of Apple a Mac and Mac related items, then this is a must. My absolute favorite, and that's favorite with a U, podcast yes! at the moment, entertainment at its best. Thanks, Gents. Oh, I get it, Gents. Gents, yes. Uh, info hungry. Please, uh, we'll go into the, uh, the, the contact information. Please make sure you send me an email so that, uh, that I can send you a, a Wooty. A Wooty. A Wooty. A Wooty. That is a brilliant review, and thank you both to, both yes. to Dr. Dream, we, whose name we, I can't remember because I am a... I am a whoever downloads this podcast, we, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Or the heart of our bottoms. One of the two. And right now, you know, <laughs> Dr. Dream... I'm so very sorry. I'll I'll find it. I'll how, find it by God. How, how would the um the, the British uh, iTunes reviewer contact you, guy? Oh, the British iTunes reviewer can contact me <laughs> by sending an email to guy at mymac dot com, or you can send me a message on Twitter at twitter dot com forward slash mac parrot. Anyone listening, you're going to have to listen to the end of the show to find out what that was all about. Um, you can contact me at Gaz, that's G-A-Z, at MyMac.com, or oh, on the Twitters. Zed! Uh, <laughs> Twitter.com forward slash Gazmaz, G-A-Z-M-A-Z. Zed! Um, th- you can also contact both of us on the Twitters, Twitter.com forward slash Guy and Gaz, G-U-Y-A-N-D-G-A-Z. There's also another email where you can contact us, which is feedback at mymac.com. That goes through Fearless Leader. And finally, Guy, we have a phone-in number. We do have a phone-in number. And please, I'm starting to believe that that I haven't paid the bill because (laughs) nobody's calling it. Call this number, damn you all. If you're outside of the U.S., it's it's a plus one. The area code is 703-436-436. 9501, not 9571, like I said earlier. 703-436-9501. And I think, uh, Gaz, you got to get out of here. Thank you all so very, very, very much for downloading this podcast. We really, really do appreciate it. Thanks, thanks, thanks. And you know what, Gaz? I think that this is the very best show that we have ever done. And that I'm good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Oh, and it was Gary Apter. He was the one that did that did the uh, uh, the the Morse code iTunes review. Gary Apter. Thank you, Gary. 
Guy tries too hard to be funny and lets endings go on too long. So I will just say end. Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can also find other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network like the Tech Fan Podcast, Three Geeky Ladies, Not Another Mac Podcast, the Mac Specialist Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, the TeacherCast Podcast, the Apple Junkies Podcast, and the all-new App Minute Podcast. What a piece of sh**. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Pisses me off, that does. So, no uh, no soundboard this week from you. Oh, ah, I just heard it. it. Right. Twatty bloody machine. Yeah. Anyway, let's go. Yeah. I wish I was. <laughs> I tell you what I did. I tell, I tell you what I did um, realize last week, and 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 I didn't realize how sad you were about it. What? Until I listened to the podcast. The fact that I hadn't gone. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was kind of confused that that there was no parrot sound. Yeah, yeah. And I, I it wasn't until I listened to it, it as it was coming up to it, I suddenly thought I didn't make a parrot sound, and I didn't make a parrot sound, and you went. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, okay. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Well, you know, because of of this little conversation, that means I I don't have to write another limerick this week. <laughs> makes me that makes guy happy. That makes guy happy. Those limericks were getting hard. To, were getting hard to come up with there for a while. <laughs> it was like, what the f- <laughs> can I talk about? Uh, anyway, come on. Yeah. Okay, I'm recording again. You bring Oops. it in. Okay. Where's my where's this tip oh, stuff? Dear, excuse me. I've just got to get a tissue. I've got to blame. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do what you got to do, man. And that's Gaz blowing his nose. And I'm not going to tell him, but it's going to be on the next podcast. Right at the end of the show. Right. Yeah. Okay. Did, did you know you have an elephant in, uh, in your back room there? <laughs> do you know what I was doing? Yeah, I could hear it. No. Do you know what I was doing when you said that? No. Looking round. Oh. <laughs> what? I have an elephant? Do I? <laughs> I was going, what's he looking at? What? <laughs> Elephant. And then I realized. 